last Sunday, the, the church had the opportunity to, to really do what the, our, the church is called to do, and that is to reach out into our community and bless those that uh, need to be blessed for various reasons and be a light into our community. So last Sunday, we participated in what we call Light em Up Sunday, and we've got three folks that are going to come this morning before I get started and just give really brief testimonies about how God used this body, each and every one of you, to bless others in our community. So um, I believe Carl and Ju- Julie, you have testimony. You want to come forward and just tell us how that went? Praise God. I want to just thank God today for the opportunity that we had last week to give gifts to Jesus for Christmas because he said in the Bible that if you have done this to the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. So Carl and I have, or Carl, he's a teacher, uh, we go to uh, Granberry Villa Nursing Home and Rehab on Tuesdays, and we have Bible study there. We have between 8 to 12 People every week coming to the study. There's about 80 people um, that are residents there. And we were able to, because of your gifts, we were able to um, have special gifts for the people that come to our Bible study. But then God gave us an extra blessing, and we were able to give a gift to each person at the entire nursing home. And Carl will tell what happened when he passed I got one wing and I grabbed one of the residents and had her come help me pass out the gifts and there was this one man he was sitting in his wheelchair in his room with his head hung and I went in Merry Christmas and was talking to him and he never lifted his head and I'm thinking hmm is he breathing (laughs) you know and And I told him we had a gift for him and, you know, because we brought those rolled up blankets for every one of those people. Because in the summertime when we're teaching Bible study, they're coming in winter coats because they keep that place so cold. And some are coming wrapped up in their blankets. So we thought that would be a great gift for them. And still he didn't move. And I had the big box of blankets and I said, would you like to pick one? And he didn't pick one. He just didn't move. So I picked up a blanket, and I said, maybe you like this pretty red one. I put it on his lap, and he burst into tears. And he just sat there, and he cried and cried. And I told him how we, we loved him, and the people of our church gave those gifts, you know, for the people there. And um, one other, we kept passing them out. One other lady I gave the gift to. And she was so excited. She was bouncing up and down in her wheelchair, and she had a big smile on her face, and then she got tears in her eyes too. And it was really a blessing. And now Carl. Also, I just wanted to thank Tom Willis, who also uh, comes to our Bible study sometimes and helps out, and uh, he helped out with passing out these gifts for everybody. But as I went around in my wing, it was just amazing how many people cried and wanted to know why we would do such a thing. Because we said, 
We love you, and Christ loves you even more. We do it because Jesus desired for us. And there was one man who, similar to Julie, had tears in his eyes. And he says, I have no family. This will be the only gift I get for Christmas. And that's sad. But I was glad we were able to share. Uh, But this church reached out and shared their love, the love of Christ, with all these people who so desperately are lonely uh, in a nursing home or rehab center. So they would appreciate your prayers as well. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Carl. (coughs) Good report. Yep. Raymond? This is Raymond Turner. Thanks. Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? Um, I just wanted to share very briefly. um, uh, Last Sunday, we had the opportunity to take a lot of the elements that had been put together here and actually extend them a little bit beyond Granberry. So we took some of the coloring packets to cook children's, uh, but then we also had some of the uh, baskets and things that we put together for the homeless. We actually took down to Fort Worth. We went to Lancaster. And um, if you, I don't know if you've ever been down that, to that area, but if you have not, um, I encourage you to go, and not simply just to go and, and see it, but to go and be a part of it. And uh, so as we were canning out these different baskets and, and we had pizza and, and those type of things, this uh, passage from Isaiah 58 is what came to mind and uh, when Laura had mentioned this morning. And so I just want to share that this briefly with you. Uh, because many times I think God turns things upside down. You know, we, we can we can kind of get in our track and get things a certain way and think, okay, this is the priority. And God says, what you're doing is good, but he turns it upside down. And so in Isaiah 58, he's talking about fasting, and I'll just share this very briefly. Um, because the people are fasting, and but they say that God hasn't noticed what they're doing. And he says in verse 6, he says, isn't The fast I choose to break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to tear off every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, and to not ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn. And so some of us, I think, may be looking for light, or we may be fasting and doing the things that we think are the right things. And God says, okay, that's fine. But the fast that I have chosen is to not abstain necessarily, necessarily from food or Facebook. All those things can be beneficial. But the fast that I've chosen is for you to be light and to take that and go to, the, to those who are oppressed. And then the light that you're looking for, that you're hoping, then that will appear. And I think the part of that verse that just really hit me, even last week, he's talking about do not ignore your own flesh and blood. And so it wasn't so much about us going to them, right? We use the word them. We're going to take this to them. But the passage says, do not ignore your own flesh and blood. We're taking it to him. We're taking it we're ourselves, really. It's not us doing that for them. But as the body of Christ, we're coming together. And as the first person who came up said, what you've done for the least of them, you have done to Christ. So I just want to thank you guys for everything. I think personally, I think last Sunday was a Super Bowl Sunday for us in terms of taking the light that we have been given 
and going into those dark places, into those, the dark nurses, nursing homes, onto the dark streets of Lancaster and taking the light where it belongs. So thank you all. Thanks, Raymond. Good report. Debbie? This is Debbie Ellis, our women's pastor. She's got another report to bring. Thank you, Greg. Um, our group of people, there were about 15 to 20 of us that were blessed to get to go give gifts to our police department and our sheriff's department. Um, the little children that were with us had the most fun. They were so happy to carry those gifts in, and they wanted more gifts to carry in, and there wasn't any more to carry in, but they were really excited to get to give. And we only were able to see a couple of officers and they came out and they took pictures with the kids and smiled real big and loved on the kids and talked to them a minute. And anyway, they were really, really, really blessed. And I talked to the captain of the sheriff's department a few days later and he said that they were all so blessed and they were very encouraged that day. Several of them had had a horrible, horrible day. And they came in and, and they, it lit them up. So we accomplished what we wanted to. And they, um, he also said that um, most every day they see the worst in people, the worst in people in the sheriff's department and the police department. And he said it's so, such a blessing to see the citizens of Granbury come and bless them and encourage them and bring gifts, and they're able to see the good side. So it's it's sometimes a, a thankless job, so they really appreciated it and thanked us, and I'm just so blessed to be a part of this body and be able to take part in an event like this. So thank you all, and it did bless our local law enforcement. So thank you, Lord. Isn't that great? Good reports. Good reports. Praise God that um, we're able to do exactly what we're called to do. Amen? So this morning, I, everybody will be happy to hear that I've got a relatively short Message to speak. Thank you, Lord. Everybody's going, yes, thank you, Lord. Um, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You don't, got JP. <laughs> All right, your fate is sealed. <laughs> so the heat is on. Yay, praise God. Praise God. Um, it was cold this morning, I'm just going to tell you. Anyway, this is not a um, Christmas message per se. Um, I think the word that God has given me to speak to you today really has more to do with equipping each and every one of you that are going to sit under this word this morning and, and to begin to understand exactly how, just like we heard during these testimonies of Light em Up, how God has equipped us to be Jesus to the people that we're going to encounter during the next couple of weeks as we go through the holiday season. So that's really where I think that we're, we're coming from. So it's not a traditional Christmas message, but it's an equipping message for us to interact with, with our friends and our family and, and those that we love and those that we have to be around as well. So a lot of you um, are may be aware that a couple of weeks ago my dad was in Atlanta and he was involved in a really significant car accident uh, to the extent that they had to haul him off in an ambulance to a trauma center in Atlanta. And so I got the word 
And I decided then that I probably ought to go over there and see my dad because he was in bad shape. He had broken several ribs. And he doesn't breathe well to begin with, so this was really a dangerous situation for him. So um, Pastor Allen and I did a road trip to Atlanta. Pastor Allen was able to join me so that um, he could see his mom before she passed away. And I really believe that one of the things that happened here is that this was a Joseph moment that what God or what the devil intended for evil, God turned into a good thing, at least for Pastor Allen and his family, so he could see his mom before she passed away. So I'm sitting in the hospital room with my dad, um, and I'm just doing what you would normally do. I'm sitting there, and I'm taking care of his needs, and when he needs to get up and use the restroom, I help him out of bed. He's in a lot of pain, and I help him back into bed, and I'm just kind of meeting his needs, and I'm sitting there in a hospital room and not really liking it, but it's just what I need to do uh, as I honor my father. Um, and as I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of standing over him, and I'm I'm looking at the charts and some of the things that are going on there. He's got a bunch of stuff plugged in. And my dad, who is a, at this point a small He's a small, frail man, and he's pretty sick. He's pretty, he's pretty hurt. Um, he looks up at me, and he says, Greg, you are like Joe Parker. And I don't think, well, you all don't know who Joe Parker is, but Joe Parker is my grandfather on my, my mom's side, my mom's dad. And Joe Parker is really... Way different than my dad, but he said, you are like Joe Parker. And what he's look, as he was assigning that image to me, I'm taking that image and I'm going through my memory box and I'm, it's like going through a toy box and I'm literally thinking, okay, Joe Parker, what, what is it like that is me that is like Joe Parker? And my dad for sure is talking about the way that I'm built. The, I'm a lot bigger than my dad, a lot stockier. And Joe Parker, um, was, for all intents and purposes, he was a mountain man. Not a hillbilly, but he was a mountain man from, from West Virginia. And Joe Parker had two changes of clo- or two wardrobes. He had the Union, the gray Union overalls that were insulated for winter in West Virginia. And then he had the gray Union overalls that were not insulated for all the rest of the time. And Joe Parker was a very peaceful man, the way I remember him, he never got riled. He was just stalwart. As a matter of fact, the the biggest exclamation I ever heard Joe Parker make was he would remove his pipe from his mouth, and things were, if things were really bad, if things were jacked up, he would remove his pipe, and he would go, that's severe, and put his pipe right back in his mouth. And that was the biggest exclamation that Joe Parker ever issued, at least when I was around it. And i got to tell you that I was the kind of a kid that when I was around him, I could do stuff to stir up Joe Parker. And there was a lot of that severe going on, but that was it. That was it. So my dad assigned this image of Joe Parker to me. And as I go through this, I'm like, well, you know what? There's a lot of that that I really do want to receive because he was a good man. He was a peaceful man, and, uh, you know, he loved his family. 
So I thought, well, I'm going to receive that. I'll receive that. So I want to just leave you with that story, and we'll come back to it in a minute. But So I received the image that my dad spoke over, to, over me of Joe Parker. So let's look at the Sky Bible here, and we'll go to our verse. Um, it reads, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So before we get into the Word, let's, uh, let's just bow our heads and pray, would we? Lord God, I just thank you for the Word that you have given me to speak to your people, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that as I speak it, that I get out of your way, and that your Holy Spirit would literally speak through me, Father, and and that your, your people would receive those, those things, that truth, which you desire to deposit in them this morning, Father. We give you praise, Father God. Help me to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I really like this verse of Scripture. I really like it. As a matter of fact, I've preached a couple of messages from kind of the backside of this, this Scripture, um, the glory to glory part. And what I like about this scripture is that what it's doing is it's calling all of us into a transformational life, a transformational life. And then when you look at the backside of this this piece of scripture, you know, it's talking about that we are being transformed from glory to glory. And to me, that speaks to that we are moving from testimony to testimony God is doing one thing, and then he's moving us, and we're doing another thing, and and we're looking back, and we're going, wow, God, this is awesome. These these things that you're doing are are awesome. And so I like that, and I just, and normally I would would probably preach from that perspective and have preached from that perspective, but I want to encourage somebody that is here this morning is, uh, is in that passage they are in that two place. They are between glories. And if you're there this morning, I just want to encourage you that God is not going to leave you there. That God is going to move you from that two place to the next glory. And so be encouraged because God is moving you along. And you need to hear that. And I believe that somebody does need to hear that this morning. And so, um, anyway... Um, and one other thing that I should say about the glory to glory uh, before we leave that, and that is that the glory is, is not linear. In other words, it's not like a saw blade with teeth that go to the same height. What God is actually doing is he's moving us from glory to glory, but every time he moves us, not every glory is going to be the greatest that we've ever experienced, but generally speaking, he is moving us closer and closer to him in his glory. So there, we're, it's, 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 it's like it's higher and higher we go as God is, is transforming us. So keep that in mind as well. So let's go back to the, the beginning of this verse, and let's break it down a little bit. The verse begins with the words, we all. So we all includes, I don't know, all of us, all of us. All of us are called to participate in this transformational life that is being described in this scripture. 
it's not just for a privileged few Christians or, or the pastor and, and some of the teachers or, or some of the guys that we see on TV. No, it is we all are being called. We are all being transformed. With an unveiled face. With an unveiled face. So you might ask, well, okay, Greg, how do I get an unveiled face? Well, I'm glad you asked because two scriptures earlier, two verses earlier than that, um, Paul says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So if we want an unveiled face and we want to walk in this transformational life that God is describing in this verse, all we need to do is turn to the Lord. And, and in two verses earlier than that, in verse 14, Paul writes that the veil is taken away in Christ. The veil is taken away in Christ. So Christ has removed the veil. We turn to the Lord. And so now we have an unveiled face. And now we're going to go on and we're going to talk about beholding. Everybody say beholding. Okay, thank you. So let's just hold on beholding. Let's hold on to that word for just a minute. We're going to come back to it. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now, this is a a little bit of a strange phrase, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And here's what I think that Paul is writing to us as the church. He is saying that, that in his day, mirrors were imperfect, to say the least. They were imperfect. They were maybe polished metal to the best that they could get, so you couldn't see exactly your image. And I think that the, what Paul is alluding to here is beholding as in, a, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord is that, yes, we experience glory here, here on earth. We experience the glory of the Lord. When we, when we come together and we worship, we experience that glory. And when we look into God's word and there are passages that we come to and we go, man, God, you are so awesome. And so we experience the glory of the Lord through those things as well. But I am convinced, I am convinced that none of that holds a candle to what we are going to experience when we literally stand in the presence of the Lord, just like Mama Joy is experiencing right now. Here's the thing. I believe that when we stand in the presence of the Lord God Almighty, that that is going to be the first time that we experience perfect love, perfect peace, perfect joy, perfect mercy. We are going to experience perfection like we have never experienced before. And it's going to be an awesome thing. So this is why the reference to the mirror speaks to us, is because we are not experiencing that level of perfection that we will be in the presence of at some time when we stand in the presence of Jesus. That will happen. As a matter of fact, Philippians 2 tells us that at the name of Jesus, that everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, every name at the name of Jesus will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. So I believe that what that's telling us is that there will be a time that even those that have opposed or denied Jesus when they stand in the presence of Jesus, they're going to say, 
This is it. He is the glory. He is the glory. Even those that have opposed and denied him will recognize Jesus for who he is at that time. I believe that. So, let's go back to the word beholding. This is an important word for us to consider when we're thinking about our transformational journey. And, 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 and let me put it this way. I love Marietta. I love her. And so what I want to do is I want to behold her so that I can understand more about her. I want to learn everything that there is about Marietta so that I can love her better. So, yeah, it sounds corny that I want to behold her. You know, I mean, it sounds like it's not even supposed to happen in church. But I still want to behold my wife so that I can be more intimate, be in a closer relationship with her. And so it is with Jesus. We want to behold Jesus. We want to understand him through his word and through worshiping him. And through asking him to participate in every area of our life, we want to behold him so that we can better understand who he is and the glory that he represents. We want to take time to behold Jesus. Let's go on to the next phrase in this, in this verse. We are being transformed into the same image. Now, here is where it gets important. We all are being transformed into the same image. That is, ultimately, we are being transformed into the image of Christ Jesus. Whoa. Whoa. The implications of this are huge for us as believers. The implications of of this transformation are huge for us. And and really, I want to only talk about two this morning, and this is where we're beginning to get into a payoff situation. Here are the two. The first thing is there are a lot of you in this room or that might be listening to this message a little bit later that have been assigned an image. Just like I was assigned an image by my dad, you're like Joe Parker. Okay, Dad, I'll, I'll receive that. I'll receive that. A lot of you have been assigned an image as well. And you might have been assigned an image by, I don't know, a parent or a friend or some other relative or a doctor or a teacher, somebody that you've come in contact with. Some of you have been assigned an image by, unfortunately, you've been assigned an image by the father of lies. So some of our images that we are assigned, yeah, we receive those things. Some of these images are not good. I'm just going to tell you right now. Some of the images that we have been assigned are not good. In addition, and, and, and this is really common today, um, is that some of us have actually built our own image. We've carefully crafted an image, and I've got to tell you, from time to time, I'm guilty of this as well, but we've carefully crafted an image so that it can be presented. Maybe you want to present this image through Facebook or Snapchat, or, or maybe even, you, you know, maybe your family 
sends out a Christmas card, and it's got one of those letters in it. And in the letter, you know, you write everything that's going so great for you and your family. And as you write it, you're sitting there, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, yeah, I'm writing all this, but this is really not the way I feel, and this is not where I'm at. But I want to present that image to others. What I want to tell you today, church, is that, yeah, you do have an image. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And that image is Jesus. That's your image. That's your image. Some of you need to cast off those images that have been spoken over you. And you need to embrace that, yes, I am going to be transformed into that very image of Christ Jesus. Think about it. As you spend time during this upcoming holiday season with friends and family and relatives and and others, I pray that each and every one of you will embrace that image that you're called to embrace, and that is that transformational image of Christ Jesus. Now, along with that comes a very important responsibility, and you've got to embrace this as well. But when you interact with those friends, relatives, in-laws, outlaws during the, the season, a lot of them are going to know where you are in, in regards that you've already made a declaration. Yeah, I, I embrace the image of Jesus. And they're going to be looking at you. They are going to be looking at each and every one of you. And they're going to be saying, is this for real? Is this a real deal? Really? Is this guy, is this woman, is she really changing? And let me just encourage you, as you come across those that would question whether or not you're literally embracing the transformation that God is calling you to. Because, yeah, there's going to be naysayers, and there's going to be those that dismiss you. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 13 and Mark chapter 6, what we see is we see Jesus going into what the Bible refers to as his own country. And Jesus walks into that old, his own country, that is, the area that he grew up in. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that, now here it is, he is Jesus. And the Bible says, and he could do no great works there. Strange, strange, Jesus. And he could do no great works there. Now, Mark, what I like about the account in Mark is that Mark says, he says, but he did do some healings and stuff. You know, to us, great works is like, yeah, well, healings are great works. But, I mean, Jesus was was so glorious. He is God, 
And the Bible says he could do no great works there. And, and so why is that? Why, is, why, why couldn't he do any great works? Well, I'm convinced that the reason that he couldn't do great works is because the people that he came in contact with had a different image of him. And the Bible says that Jesus wondered because of their unbelief. Well, their image was, hey, isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? You know, remember him running up and down these streets, you know? Remember him when he was a kid? Remember he, you know, remember him when he was little? And so Jesus, even Jesus, had to overcome that image that these people were casting on him. Now, let me just say this in passing, and because it is the Christmas season right now, we've got to really understand that we, too, have to have the right image of Jesus as we pursue this transformation that we're called to. It's easy because Isaiah 9, this is the the, the passage that we use during the Christmas season, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And so during the Christmas season, our image of Jesus is, is this little baby in a manger but we better understand as we're walking this transformational journey that Jesus is so much more than that. And this is why we behold Jesus so that we can understand all of who Jesus is. All of who Jesus is. So keep in mind this, brothers and sisters, that God is going to use you if you embrace this this transformational life that he's called you to, if you embrace that you are going to be the image of Christ Jesus, there's another part of this that's very important as you interact with your friends and your family and, and those that you come in contact with during these, this season. And that is that for most of them that don't believe, you are the only gospel that they will ever read. You are the gospel that is coming into their lives. And so it's up to you to to walk in a way that would love them in a way that they can be received. Isn't it exciting that God is calling us into a transformational life, and if we embrace that life, that he's going to use us right away to bring the gospel to others. So be prepared that you will be that gospel bearer as you interact with your friends and family during the season. Okay, so we're coming to the finish line here, and I really want to shift gears a little bit um, because I want to drive home this point about um, image. And I want to shift gears a little bit because when we talk from the Second Corinthians 3.18 passage, we're talking about glory and that we are being transformed into the image of Christ, but I now want to talk about how we are made, how we are made. So, Chris, you can go ahead and put up that um, scripture from Genesis 1, 26 and 27 on the Sky Bible. I want to focus on a a couple of things. 
Genesis 1, 26 and 27, the account of creation. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then we'll drop down to verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So you, every one of you, are created in the image of God. You're created that way. The world, our culture, I'm going to tell you right now, absolutely is going to tell you that this is incorrect. The world is coming against this fundamental concept. Don't let the world ever lie to you about this. You are created in the image of God. Now, it's important that you understand that to get my next point. So can we all agree that we're created in the image of God? Thank you, Lord. Okay, good. Let's go on to the next passage. Here's an account that appears in Luke chapter 20. It also appears in Matthew 22 and and Mark 12. But what is going on here is that Jesus is, is being now pursued by the chief priests and the scribes. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to catch him. They're trying to corner him. And I love this this whole concept, and before we get into the word, I want to set, up, set this up by telling you that Hebrew learning is built around a series of questions. So he, Hebrews, when they, the Jews, when they begin to teach, they will ask a series of questions. And this is one of the most effective ways of communication for, for the Hebrews. They'll ask a series of questions. The teacher will answer those questions, and there'll be more and more questions, and the answers to those questions are communicating so much learning. And so this is would be, and this is why we refer to the elders at the city gate, and they sit around and they ask people questions, because this is how they learn. This is how they communicate. It's very effective. It's how their mind operates. So what is going on here is that the chief priests and the scribes are going to Jesus, trying to trap him, And here's the dialogue that happens. Then they asked him, teacher, saying, teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God and truth. So what the chief priests and scribes are doing there is, hey, let's lay on a little butter. We're buttering him up, getting him ready, (laughs) setting him up. And then they asked the question. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus perceived their craftiness. And he said to them, why do you test me? Why do you test me? Show me a denarius, a coin. And he takes the coin and he says, whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And Jesus said back to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. But they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people, and they marveled at his answer and kept 
silent. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. What happened in this dialogue is so deep, and the chief priest understood the importance of this dialogue, and the answer that that Jesus gave and the way that he approached this was so deep that they had to shut up. In other words, in the in the game of Hebrew mind chess, what Jesus did with the way that he approached this answer was checkmate. It's over. We're done. I have to shut up. I can't even say anything more. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Well, I'm going to tell you. The reason that they had to be quiet at this point, and the, what you need to hear this morning, brothers and sisters, is that the next question was, okay, what is God's? What is God's? What is God's? And the way that Jesus approached this is they knew that that was the next question, and they knew what the answer was. Jesus had already showed it to them. Whose image is on you? Whose image is on you? We just talked about it. You are God's. God's image is on you, and Jesus came to redeem, to get back, to take possession of what is God's. You see that? Jesus came for each and every one of you. Jesus came to redeem God's image. And so it's important for all of us in this, in this place this morning to understand exactly that. We are created in God's image. We are being transformed into the very image of Jesus Christ for a reason. And Jesus came to redeem, to get back what belongs to God, that which bears his image. So I just want to encourage you this this next couple of weeks that as we go through the, the Christmas season and as you come into contact with those that that maybe are not believers, maybe they're outright oppo- you know opposers, maybe they're antichrist. But you need to remember that they too are created in God's image. And that Jesus, the reason that we're celebrating this season, that Jesus came to redeem that. They belong to to God. Jesus came to get it back. And you, brothers and sisters, can be key in that redemption. We need to walk like that. We need to believe like that. We need to be that. We need to pursue that. In every way. So what I'm going to do this morning is I'm just going to close by praying over all of you and over myself as well and ask that God would seal this word that God has spoken um, and, and that, that we would walk 
in everything that God has called us to walk in. And we would walk in the recognition that the image of God is upon us and that we belong to him. Can we do that? Amen. Let's just, let's just bow our heads and let's receive. Lord God, I just thank you for this word, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for your people, Lord, that, uh, that um, have received the word, Father. We thank you so much that as we go out from this place this morning, Father, that, that um, you'll remind us all the times that we need to be reminded that we are created in your likeness, that we literally bear your image, Father, and that you are further, that you are transforming us into your glory, Father, and that you're using us, Father God, to, to speak your truth to others in love, Father. Father, we just give you praise for this morning, Father God. I give you praise for your people, Lord God, and ask that you would bless them and give them boldness, Father God, but most of all, that you would bring to their remembrance all the time that they are being transformed, that they have an image assigned, and that image is a good image. The image of you, Lord. I just give you praise, Father God, for for boldness and and for endurance and for perseverance, Father God, as we uh, as we go from this place, Father. Just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to say one other thing. Um, if and I don't, I don't know um, whether there's anybody that's in here that has never really recognized that they are the image bearer of God. But if you have never understood that Jesus came to redeem you, your image, because you belong to God, then I want to talk to you after this service, and I just want to pray with you that, and 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 welcome you into the the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of understanding that you belong to a much larger family. So I, I it just invite you to speak with me after the service. But everybody else, just go and 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 be transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
Be my hand. 